Golden Deer Productions. Golden Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, answer, just, you forgot to answer. Using the platform, it's using the follower numbers, it's using the relationships that we can build to effectively create those opportunities for people. Follow and follow is just one of the tactics that we use with our, like along with the skill set that so, we use. So would you be pissed off if someone followed you? No. And if they get mad at me for unfollowing, then I don't want a relationship with them because they value their follower number more than the relationship. Dude, I, I don't follow you, but I answer all your DMs. Why does that follow matter so much? Because it's a social construct. It's a dynamic. Hi, my name is Samuel Thompson, and that was my golden hour. And he's effective because he's a business guy. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four dear nations lived together in harmony. Then... Everything changed when the fire deer attacked. Only Derek, master of all four elements, could stop those boys. But when Boston needed him most, he vanished into the enchanted golden deer forest. Season four! Jack, you need anything before we start? Hey, make sure everyone knows that you're here. With the camera's rolling? Guys, I'm here. So all these girls that keep coming up say Jack looks like Aquaman, don't you think? Yeah, bro, I could take that. Have you seen the movie yet? No, I haven't, but I've seen all the posters, so. Hey, it looks like Jason Momoa. Wait, can you, you got to take your shirt off so I can really take <laughs> He's huge. So listen, we got another tall, white, smart, attractive ambitious hard-working ginger thanks for coming brother. this is sam or samuel thompson that's right before we start do you want to just like give yourself a little synopsis to the camera uh what's up guys i'm sam thompson um i don't know man social media influencer businessman uh been around the block a couple times with all the entrepreneurship stuff um but yeah dude just which like, is a very which is a very open term nowadays yeah you? it's tough bro it's i don't know it's tough because that's what the people want me to call myself bro like i don't see myself like that i know it's a weird term i mean i just think any anyone who's like a hustler can kind of brand themselves as it especially right. with the state of the internet would you agree yeah absolutely and what it is is like most of these people aren't entrepreneurs right when i think entrepreneur i think like steve jobs right like bill gates like people that are creating truly innovative things that add so much value but like these other people like realistically they just run online businesses or or self-starters i yeah, would call entrepreneurs i'm down with that like but there's a lot, but there's a lot of glamour that people associate with it when i think when i think of like a true entrepreneur like i think of someone like literally just like scraping through the dirt right right you know the, the gary v clouds and dirt thing bro like you got to eat shit for like big shouts years. to gary v yeah facts big shouts have, have you noticed his effect in what way I mean, you're totally in the in the social media influencer space, and he's like kind of the beacon, right? Yes, at least in entrepreneurship. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, the dude drops millions and millions of dollars into his personal brand. He has 30 people that work for him exclusively on the Gary Vee brand. Like crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And put, puts out a disgusting amount of content yeah, it's literally just like pure content play all the way through you think he's annoying but he's smart as fuck yeah it's like it works 
for whatever reason it is, bro, like putting out 18 pieces of content a day. And like in the US, we only see like a third of it. The dude puts out content in Chinese and Turkish. And like, I didn't even know that. He has independent entities. Like, if you look up like Gary V China, bro, like that's a separate account that Did has he... all this stuff going through. Oh, there's, is that on YouTube or IG? On IG. Yeah. Is that his most prevalent network? I have no idea, bro. Whatever. Both I'm fascinated by the guy. Yeah, he's a brilliant guy. So, Sam. Is actually not from Boston, but yeah. but you started to rep rep it a little bit, right? Yeah, for sure. I bet heavy on Boston. I mean, I've lived in. But I'm, you did not want the Pats to win. You said when I. No, yeah, you. no, that's a fact. That's a fact. What's up, bro? I know. What's <laughs> good, okay. bro? That's okay. It's, uh, you guys got both of them this year. It's fine. Fire. Yeah, it's all right. The Lakers are coming for it though. <laughs> okay, it bro. No, let it happen. Let it yeah, happen. For Trust sure, bro. Trust the system. Uh, are they gonna make the playoffs, Doug? Yeah, for sure. Seventh seed. And they're going to come from behind. Well, the Celtics community in Boston's interesting. It's like not – they're not as diehard. I don't know if you've noticed that since you've been out here, but they're not as diehard fans for the Celtics as there are for the like Red the, Sox and yeah, the, the Patriots. Bats, yeah. Have you yeah, noticed no, that? Yeah, which is cool for me because the only one that I care about is the Lakers. I know. It seems like that's the only L.A. team that people really ride for. I mean, that's the only one that's been there forever. So, like – What about like, the Kings? Are they new? I mean, hockey's on the upswing right now, yeah. right? Like, and the L.A. basketball has, yeah. like, been – LA basketball since like the 70s mm-hmm. like forever um and like with i mean 16 17 championships so we could be proud of that one but the rams and stuff like how are we supposed to be proud about that the raiders like the rams are exciting though oh now they are but like i mean they just got there yeah. and the chargers move in la too right yeah they're supposed to which i don't that's not the best move but and where's where are the raiders moving to la i mean las vegas yeah that's the plan Hey, as a big business guy, wouldn't that be a fucking blast to merge a team somewhere? Right, that'd be crazy. Take a new a new spot, like when they brought um. That's the like Thunder. the biggest dick swing statement of all time, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I took a whole professional sports team away from a city into a new one. Well, no, it's interesting, and I'll send it to you after we're done. But I had um this dude who started an arena football team here in Worcester from in Worcester. They're called the oh, Mass Pirates. I think Pirates. you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, the way he I don't know if he just didn't describe it fully transparently. But he, the way he described it, he was like, yeah, I had the idea to start the team up. It took me six months, and then pretty much we started playing. Wow. And it's a professional league. Yeah, it's like a real thing. He jumped right into yeah. it. Yeah. Imagine the social media strategy for something like that. You have to build an entire fan base in six months for a team that's never existed before? Oh, my God. Wow. You'd be pulling out your yeah. hair, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. So, Sam, um, you are now fully working. Well, I mean, I'm as most entrepreneurial dudes are you have your i'm sure you have your attention in a lot of different places yeah but you now work is the institute of ethics yep the institute of ethics is like the overarching company so you're gonna have to just describe that yeah so essentially it's a it's a non-profit venture studio so we build a bunch of businesses and take all the money that we generate and put it back into social impact projects to try to help the world right like without getting into like the craziness i was really really successful really young Right, yeah. and I lost my grandparents in a car accident when I was 17. So what ended up happening is I had more money than I knew what to do with. Was successful by anyone's definition. And and you were you, you were finessing, I don't want to say finessing, but you were facilitating social media strategy for yeah, hotels, social right? For hotels, restaurants, bars, all throughout in LA. LA. Yeah, all throughout Fire. the West Coast. Um, and you didn't really know you were successful. You're like, yo, I'm just kind of playing, right? Yeah, I was just doing my thing, bro. Like I was the weird kid that just liked Facebook, like. <laughs> I just did it for fun. Yeah, and yeah. then someone was like, yo, can you do that for my business? And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, 500 bucks. 
and then that turned into it grows like crazy stuff um but yeah so at that moment though i had everything that was i was supposed to be successful right and then i had the only things that mattered to me like absolutely ripped away from me super tragic so you just grew up with your grandparents i mean like i a lot with them okay like, i'd see them on the weekends like i'd spend a lot of time yeah. there like my dad worked a lot so my mom would go there um and then obviously as my dad stopped working as much i had to spend more time with them but like i was always with those grandparents right? they're like the second set of parents and uh yeah when when that happened just like a switch flipped where i was like bro like the money's not the answer right like mm-hmm. let's create something that's fulfilling while i understand for whatever so reason, how old are you at this point 17 18 okay yeah they passed away when i was yeah, 17 i think or right. going into my senior year of okay. high school so I was like, all right, let's flip this switch. Like, for whatever reason, God blessed me with the ability to make money. Mm-hmm. Thank God for that, right? But for me, it wasn't about the money. Like, I don't really care about the nice stuff. Like, I just, I don't wear crazy stuff. Like, well, you got some Patagonia and fresh cakes, yeah, bro. You might like, be lying a little bit, bro. Yeah, so I, I lay low on it, though. Like, I'm yeah. not rocking Gucci. Like, I don't need the Yeezys. Yeah, but like, that's not even glamorous. But you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. I'm not about that hype you don't wanna, stuff. It's you, like, you don't want to flex. I yeah, so it's for me, it's like, all right, fine. Let's figure out a way that I can use my skill sets as effectively as possible to create the most impact so that I can be fulfilled. I get it. But this was a conversation we had briefly at Starbucks. So Sam had set up initially when I linked him, I had seen something. It was actually Adam Hanna. I was like, yeah, there's actually this kid in the city who's doing like a bunch of social media strategy. I was like, yeah, I want to start doing like, business owners in the city and like people that are like busting and making moves. Cause I mean, I wanted, I wanted to di- not only diversify the audience, but I wanted to talk to new people in the city. Yeah, absolutely. So he was like, yeah, this kid, Sam Thompson. Um, I know him through like one of my BC high friends or something. So I like looked it up. I, so I DM'd Sam and then he responded with a video. You probably thought I was nuts off rip. I was like, yo, let's fucking do a podcast, man. Come <laughs> on, bro. Let's fucking run it. Right. Right. Um, which was no bullshit. I was thinking, I was like, yo, that's an amazing way to respond to people. Bro. Via video. No one else will do that. It's a game changer, bro. Every influencer. It shows you we'll sack up and do it. Well, yeah. And the thing is, bro, like I would have spent more than 15 seconds fucking typing it out. Right. So I'm like, dude, I'd literally just film myself for 10, 15 seconds, send it out. I don't have to think about it again. That's what clout will do too, Jack. There's a kid. I'll I'll show you him. He's like kind of an influencer in the city too. His, uh. His name's DJ Cloud. He'll do the same shit, yeah, but it's yeah. effective. It works, bro. It's like two pronged. Like I don't have to spend as much time, and you feel like I care a lot more. Absolutely, right. But so then I, Sam was like, "Yeah, man, I'm doing a photography meetup." I think you probably thought I was a photographer or something. No, bro. I was just trying to. Yeah, I had. Just, I used yeah. it as an excuse to like bring get a collective. Oh yeah, same shit. And I showed up to Starbucks a little bit late, but there's all these photographers there. You guys did some shoot in the yeah, common. Yeah, walking around Boston Common and stuff. It's good though. It's yeah. good shit. Yeah. It's that one-to-many approach, bro. I have to spend an hour instead of spend 30 minutes with each of those people. I can just spend an hour with all of them at the same time. Absolutely. And I, I asked Sam, we were talking. Sir South, like, I don't think said a word when he, we were there. He's actually a really sociable kid. He's yeah, quiet. He's mad quiet. Yeah, he's, like, he's good, very bro? quiet, bro. His music's good, though. I'll play you some. And he was like, I was like, bro, but humans are selfishly motivated i just can't beat me on that you feel me like i get i understand it's like yo you also from a business perspective like you feel like you have leverage when you're helping a ton absolutely but you have to be selfishly motivated at some point yeah i mean i I think that i want to achieve fulfillment i want to feel good Mm -hmm. about the work that i do and if i'm out here just making money 
I don't get to achieve what I want. So thank God for whatever reason that I get my fulfillment from helping people Mm -hmm. because that means that I can go and do that. You're good. You're good. I can go and do that without, I mean, it's not, it's selfish, I guess, to some degree, but it's like, for me, I don't, I don't need that piece of like, I'm trying to make all the money for me. I'm trying to make all that money for people. It helps me at the end though. Yeah, no, I get it for sure. But you know what I'm saying? In business, it's just like the sport you play is competitive as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would totally be lying if I said I don't want to grow the show to be massive. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, do you think it coincides being, like, philanthropic and at the same time, like, growing your own shit? I mean, for me, it's it's created it the ability for me to grow it faster. Mm-hmm. For, like, the, the better of a human I am and the better impact that I leave on people, the bigger people want to play ball with me. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, it does grow my shit. Not for not for selfish reasons outside of maybe attaining that fulfillment. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, it's like I just want to build this. I want this to be multi-billion. Yeah. For sure. In both impact and profit. Right. Like that's what I need it to be. Yeah. So I kind of I'm starting to kind of rationalize your mindset a little bit like being philanthropic at the end of the day is, is kind of a competitive advantage. I mean, it gives me that by the nature of what it is but at the at the core it's not intended to do that right and that's what you i get it about. but it's a, but it's a fine line you know what it I'm is saying? but if you understand the intention of who the person is then it's not so fine For it's sure. really really easy like my intention is to help people yeah do i love making money absolutely right but at the end of the day i also feel like intention. you're probably at a point now where it's like from what you say like you've always been making bread i feel like once you have it it's like okay i can get it easy so it's really not that big of a deal i mean at times i've gone through waves throughout my career where i've been broke right like mm-hmm. i invest heavy in everything that i do because i believe so much in it we'll do the same shit go right. blitz on it right go absolute blitz and then you're sitting there with a thousand dollars in your bank account after having six seven figures in it three years before you're like oh whoa like oh not you <laughs> shit right there's uh i know but i think that's like do you think you make decisions on impulse um not anymore I trust, I trust. We're still both mad young, bro. Though. That's true. You feel me? Well, I've been doing this for seven years now. Yeah, I so feel like, for sure. Not, I'm not young. I'm not new to the game, but I'm not like experienced in the game. We are young though. Yeah. Facts. Um, yeah. I mean, I, for me, I started doing this thing. It, it's like trust, but verify. Like I trust my gut, mm-hmm. right? I trust that impulse, whatever that is. But I have to verify that that's the right decision before actually pulling trick. With who? Someone else? Like with with someone else, with a business decision, with whatever, right? Like somebody comes in and offers an opportunity. I have an impulse, right? My gut says yes, no, whatever. Yeah. But I'm not going to pull that trigger right then. I'm going to be like, hold up. All right, let me verify that this is actually a good move with my team. That's why I built that team. That's why I trust those people. You sound like a responsible dude, man. I probably got to get a little bit of that. Well, sauce. I mean, I've lost a lot of money in my career on things that I've had gut decisions on. And no, it didn't work out. No, I, don't, I forget who said it, but someone was like, yo, money is just stored energy. Do you, do you see it like that? Absolutely. So so to verify for anyone that's going to be listening, like what the philosophy is that people get money because they exert a lot of energy into it. And so it's just like now that energy is in a bank account. Right. It's stored. Sometimes when you're making money, you don't even... It's not even hand to hand. It's just from one account to the other. Just trying to simplify the, right, right. the mindset. Do you you believe in that though? Yeah, I think it is. I think it, it's. I mean, it depends on what your definition of energy is, but it's essentially the ability to do something, right? 
and that's what money does it gives people the ability to do stuff that's Resources. why i like money it's yeah i like money because if i have an idea and i have cash in my bank account i can go and execute on that right away you have the apparatus right and what it does is when you have money think about it like this like if you have no money when you start your business you have to put all your physical mental emotional energy into it you do have money your that that i guess ratio goes down Right, mm-hmm. you can spend less time, less energy, less of your own personal, emotional, physical, and like energy levels, and have the money do a lot of that work for you. And no, and you don't have the sense of fear. Right. I mean, depends. It depends well, if you're on going how much big, money you're putting money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, there's been times where it's like, shit, am I going to be able to like go to Chipotle and my card's not going to bounce on me? You feel me? Yeah, but why is that? Why is that scary? Because if you have, if I you have, if you have nothing to lose. Why is that scarier than having $100,000 to lose? Because you'd be big hungry. Because you couldn't get your, your salad, right, bro. Right, but like, at the end of the day, bro, <laughs> just go down to 7-Eleven and cop a hot dog. But like, for no, real. But like, not if you're trying to lean out and look good, you bro, feel me? <laughs> I mean, I got you, but for real, like, if you have nothing to lose, then why are you scared? I get it. It's also easier to say sometimes, like, I've tried to have this conversation with people. It's like, yo, why don't you just fucking go do it? Right. Right. You're overthinking shit. But it's kind of a blessing that you have the ability to maneuver that mindset. Not everybody has that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Do you ever feel obligated because you're a smart dude to be like, yo, I kind of have to do what I'm doing because I've been gifted skills that other people don't have? Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot. I feel I feel a huge sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like god whatever your higher power is right whatever it is bless me with the ability to do what i do right and i would feel uh i don't know if ashamed is the right word but something along those lines if i just sat around and played Fortnite all day Mm -hmm. right because he's been he's given me something that i can use to my advantage to help both myself and those around me and like the world as a whole why would i not use that gift exactly but i i also mean like do you feel like a sense of obligation consistently like holy shit I'm lacking I owe it to other people to do stuff like this? Uh yeah, I've struggled with it for a long time. Yeah, bro, that shit for fucking a kills long me. Time. Um Yeah, it's a rough that's a rough game. Feeling like you owe people things for the sake of it, right? Like you do at a certain point though. Right. And it's like how do you balance that, right? Like then just being like okay, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I wonder like imagine if you you weren't doing what you're what you're doing, like it'd be a travesty, right? Yeah. For who who are you talking about though? Like who for would, yourself and everybody else who could possibly benefit from. What yeah, you're and offering. that's and that's what it is. Like I wanted, but that's that's like it is. That's the responsibility. Like I have that responsibility mm-hmm. because I know what kind of impact that the work that I can do as an individual can do. And know what's crazy, bro? We're so young, it's just starting. I know, right? That's dope. That's it's dope and terrifying. So like, yo, what the fuck? It's like it's I got get crazy. It's like I got 45, 50 more years of this. And Boston's a baby. It is, dude. And that's why we bet so heavy on it. That's why we built the office here. Yeah, yeah. So, so elaborate how the inception of your – can you just also simplify exactly what it is your nonprofit does? Because I don't really understand the space. Like, Because yep. you still have to make money. So just – Yeah, so it started back a year and a half ago. I met Dennis Fizikowski. He was a monk for 34 years out in Worcester, a Catholic monk. He took his... You were buying drugs out there? No. <laughs> I, I met him at a Starbucks in Fenway. Oh, but um, no, I had I just had coffee with them and we were talking and he took his monastery from being donation-based to being self-sustaining by creating businesses, right? To support 
both monastic life of like maintaining what they do as well as supporting their charitable initiatives right so we started talking about the values and principles by which we live our lives there's universal principles that govern everything we aligned on those both personally and professionally and we decided well at that moment we didn't know what we were going to do we just knew we were going to do something and we both had god-given gifts of being able to create value in the lives of people make money do that so let's just slow down so he was running his monastery and at the same time he was receiving profit via variety of businesses okay so he was a businessman and a monk yeah that's fucking crazy yeah yeah exactly and he just started businesses and that's not against his policy or i mean it was against the churches to some degree um which is a whole nother story that i'd I'd rather not yeah no worries but um he ended up leaving the monastery Mm -hmm. six years ago um so we could do this as a lay person um he still obviously abides by his faith and loves all of that um and really is is in depth and in touch with his spirituality um just without the confines of yeah being like can't talk to a chick right right so but all of that is essentially coming down to we decided to leverage our skills where we literally build businesses profitable companies right under a holding company just you and this guy yeah and all of our teams that we hire to come in and and you contract other teams yeah either contract hire directly bring in partners right it's a venture studio right where we build high growth high potential businesses Mm -hmm. and then what ends up happening is as those generate money whether we sell them whether it's actual like month to month like whatever that looks like all of that money that we make goes into one paying the teams that are there and then the profits go into a fund that funds all of our nonprofit initiatives, right? So we do things that help music in Boston. We help kids with dyslexia. We help feed poor kids across the world. Like mm-hmm. we do all these different things with the money that we made. They're all profitable companies. Like yeah. they're all LLCs that make money, right? So, okay. So how does salary work for you personally in a nonprofit? Um, well, it's essentially a, a percentage of everything that we make. Okay. By all the for-profit companies, and and how do you set that? You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, it's it's essentially like what I'm worth. Okay. Right. So like for me, it's again, it's like one of those things where it's like everybody has a number. You pay yourself worth your time, right? Okay. And everyone has a number, right? I know what kind of life I need to live mm-hmm. to feel comfortable, to be happy, to like be able to do my best work, right? And I don't feel guilty if that's a higher number than yeah what people need it to be because for me, it's like I see the impact of the work that we're going to be creating, right? I see all of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel that me being paid to essentially create that makes sense. I know it's just, it's a sticky space for some people when they, Absolutely. for a nonprofit, they're like, okay, specifically, like I, I remember it was a big deal. Hillary Clinton's nonprofit. They're like, they're weaning like a ton of money off. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And I mean, but it's like, it's interesting because like, if you think about it, like, people got to get paid, man. Yeah, everyone does. And if you think about like a Harvard university, right? Harvard university is a nonprofit institution, right? <laughs> right. Not but, true. Is it? Yeah. They're nonprofit, bro. Wow. And the dude makes the, the guy that runs it, the president makes $2 million a year. How is Harvard a nonprofit? That place is a money funnel. My sister goes to Harvard. Yeah. But it, it's a money funnel, but all of it is classified under nonprofit. Wow. Yeah. Because we were talking with one of our, uh, Dennis was talking to one of our finance guys and having the same conversation. Like, how do you determine how much money someone can make, yeah. right? In a nonprofit CEO, executive director mm-hmm. type of position. He was like, yeah, the dude at Harvard is literally making 2.1 mil a year. He's just. So it was when you started, started the Institute of Ethics, there was a, a time where you're like, okay, how much. Yeah. 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 So there's a couple of ways that we 
thought about figuring it out. Like, do we just push all the money into the nonprofit and pay us out there? Right. Or do I take a salary from each of the businesses that we start? Cause I'm essentially acting as the CEO of all of those companies for right? sure, helping grow them, run them and all of that. So, so are you a consultant at that, at that point? At what point? So you're like a, no CEO. No, no. Yeah. I understand. But what I'm saying is, are you, so you are building businesses, you and the monk acquired a bunch of startup, I'm assuming, right? Created them all in house. Okay. So you already had, you had money to go to start this thing. Yep. Word. And then you guys take the first idea that comes to your mind, like, yo, this would be a good business that might make yeah. some money. Yeah, basically. And then... Do you mind elaborating on what that business was? On the first one? Yeah. So the two that we're running to start right now are Viral, which you are familiar with to an extent. That's what it is. That was V-Y-R-L. V-Y-R-L, Viral. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. cooked, bro. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Did you know it was that? I didn't either. I was like... Too funny. Viral? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, Viral. Okay. Um, and then Bloom is the other one. Um, both tech like social I mean, media I mean yeah viral is way more social media um, essentially that's a revenue driver um, we sell growth services we have the number two ranked growth team in the nation uh, we help people build their audience and create opportunity through social media specifically he's Instagram. marketing <laughs> a little check out viral check out viralcollective.com um, but no so like that's that side of it bloom is way more high tech high potential right so like we have a couple different models that we do in terms of what type of businesses we start we so what do. so what is the service bloom offers so bloom is retail analytics so we created a proprietary hardware and software combination okay that actually tracks like physical retail stores the same way that amazon tracks their online conversion rates inventory the uh more of like display product interaction yeah, okay. we track the product interaction. So, like, if you're at Nike, right? Consumer behavior yeah. type thing. Yeah. So, if you're at Nike and you see the shoe wall, Nike wants to know how many people pick up, like, the red Kobe's versus the blue. How many so, people are, are looking at the X, Jordan section yeah. as opposed to the CrossFit section? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And being able to use all that data in, I, I guess, we created, I mean, we have all of our proprietary metrics that help build out really, really actionable data for okay retail managers to make more informed decisions so how did you create the technology you just pulled in someone yeah so basically um the way i'm picturing is, is it like you know toast the company and all these restaurants it's just kind of like tracks inventory what's oh right, right right is it the same thing like with an ipad type thing? yeah i mean they can use an ipad we have it on okay. it's a web app so whenever any you can do it on your phone laptop okay desktop, whatever um so one of the guys that works for us um chris is like a genius when it comes to tech um him and I were on the phone like six months ago, whenever it was, um, talking about this Bluetooth beacon technology that we started to like play with mm -hmm. and just see what we could do. He was super interested in it, like just kind of playing around. Um, and then I started to ask questions about the tech and all of the capabilities and what we, we could build with it and all of that. And I just had that like light bulb moment where I was like, wait a sec, this is mad valuable. It? Like oh, right. this is actually going to help a lot of people. Um, so we've had conversations with 511, the Best Buys, like, trying to build out what that product looks like mm -hmm. in the best way. Oh, so um, you're still in the growth phase in terms of building. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, the whole institute's rather young. Like, we've only been running it for a year, year and a half now. Isn't um, it, it feels like a long time, though, right? Yeah, I literally, like, I was talking with Dennis about it the other day, and I was like, I, it's like, I've known you for a year and a half, but it feels like a decade. Like, I feel like... Because you're with a guy all the time. Literally all the time. And we've had, and, and the depth of our relationship is so, so vast. Like, I, we have conversations about everything. Like, yeah. he's like literally a brother, you know what I That's mean? That's fire. Yeah. yeah, it's actually. Would you call him your mentor? Uh, yeah, in some in some aspects, and I would, I hope that I'm his mentor in others. Yeah. yeah, like we both have different skill sets. We align on all the same things, but you know. I, I feel you. And the way you're talking, I, 
I feel in a similar position as you. It's like you, you what you do is a totally different sector than kind of what I've been doing in the city, but you want to feel like older dudes respect you and like you want to understand like yeah i'm trying to learn from you but at the same time you feel like the need to hold your own kind of right i mean not really you don't I feel don't, that way? i don't have that need bro i don't have that, that need. hey man it's i got like, a bigger uh, ego than you then clearly yeah well that's what it is is you have to remove ego right? i can't won't happen bro <laughs> good luck you got to do it that's the key bro it, it drives you though no it does dude it does. maybe it drives you but but humans have ego it's right. Freudian it's how do you psychology. That in the best way possible. Exactly. Right. So like, don't be a dick. Ego, ego to me means easing God out. Dude, right? <laughs> Vix, you got that? Right. But that's what it is, bro. Like at the end of it, right? What it really comes down to is humility. But For sure. You have to be humble, right? And I think we might have talked about this. It's being honest with self, others, and a higher power. Absolutely. Right. So when me me going into these conversations with big shot guys, is it easy for me to be intimidated because this is a billionaire guy that runs Boston? Yeah. For sure. Right? But I have to be honest with myself, bro. I'm 22. Mm -hmm. I'm on my own journey. Yeah. Right? Where was he at 22? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not in that comparison space, bro. Like, comparison breeds unhappiness. I'm not even down to even get into that realm. For sure. I just know my story. I know theirs. Like, we have different value that we can add to people. So, there's no need for me to be like, I got to prove myself to people. I get it. Is that something you nurtured over time? Oh, yeah. For sure. It's not. It won't happen instantaneously. No. You have to practice it, dude. Mm -hmm. Every All of these different things are like. They're huge concepts to grasp, and the only way they can do it is if you if you practice that on the micro level, like day to day. For sure, right? So a, a crazy realization I think I have with Jack, I was like, yo, when it really comes down to it, everything that's happening internally is what's gonna come. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you have like huge huge ideas in your head Absolutely. that all all your micro actions have been mapping towards that, right? Absolutely, yeah. Do you feel like you're you've been on the way there? Yeah, so for me, Isn't that crazy? It's, it's like I just try to set my direction mm-hmm. is like the biggest piece of it. Everyone tries to like lay out the entire plan and that's good to an extent. But like for me, it's like I'm not cocky enough to think that I can outplan the universe, mm-hmm. right? Like I know which direction I want to go. I'll take action every single day to get moving in that direction. But like when I was 15, 16, 17, I never was like, you know what I'm going to do when I'm 22, 21? I'm going to meet a monk. And we're going to create this business. And we're going to get drunk at a bar. No, you know what I mean, though? But, like, you have no clue. Like, I had no clue what's going to happen tomorrow, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you never know. So, it's like, let's set the direction. Take massive action in that direction. And, like, The Grant Cardone method. Yeah, right? And just let it happen. You 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 follow Grant Cardone? No, not really. I see his stuff. He's hilarious, bro. The whole 10X thing. That's That's a real philosophy, though, what he's saying. It makes sense. But it's... Have you ever read Dianetics? No. It's, that's the uh, Scientology book. He, oh. he pulled a lot of values from that. So you kind of sound like you had an experience with psychedelics. Did you ever try it? No, never. I haven't I either. never even smoked weed. Like Never smoked weed? Bro. I didn't even drink until I was like 21 and a half, and I only drank for like four months. Are you very religious? Not religious. It's very spiritual. Yeah. I take care of my body, bro. It's hard. I won't even take an Advil. Not even. Bro, like I don't, I don't drink coffee that often. Like I don't want to add anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> takes a sip of the Starbucks. Right, that's just my game, though. Like, yeah, I I don't feel the need to try to enhance or anything like who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do my thing, and like if I need to stop, it, like, but it's not like I don't feel guilty, right? Like, if didn't you meet out, the monk at a Starbucks? Yeah, but you, you weren't drinking coffee nah, that bro. day. Yeah, nah, hot chocolate, bro. <laughs> for real, no, for real. <laughs> There's like, a little no sugar in hot chocolate, though. A little uh, caffeine. Sugar is fine, but not caffeine, bro. Oh. That's my next kick. Is like I gotta keep cutting the sugar. 
I, I cut it completely like three months ago. Yeah. Ketogenic diet, not worth it, yeah. not sustainable. Do not no. try it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're a psycho just like me, bro. That's fire. That's, sure. that's fire. You say that, yeah. I, well, I don't drink or smoke either. Right. I think, and mad people have, like, asked me, like, yo, like, you don't drink, you don't smoke. I'm like, yo, bro, to be honest, I just, like, like to work. Bro, that's literally it. Work is my drug. It's fun as fuck. I know. Especially when you get shit done. You're like, yo, this is fire. Well, yeah, because you start to see the momentum build. And you're like, wait a sec. This is a little this bigger is than fire. Me. Yeah, it literally is fire. It's like, oh, here we go. Not just like, and then you don't you don't wake up the next morning and you're all like hungover. The, hungover, the hangover is the most It's the worst part. part. Yeah. Getting like, drunk is fun sometimes, no bully. Yeah, no, I'm with it. I mean, like, you, went, you went to BU, right? Yeah. Where'd you go? You guys go to T's Pub? Yeah, Tits, bro. Oh, tits. Tits, yeah. And now it's now it's like Tavern Alston or something like that. But you know, T's right next to. Yeah, right next to it. On that's the Tuesday night spot. I've never been. So they, just, no one ever knows this, but they offered me to general manage that place. Really? And so I, I had gone in. I had just been like, yeah, I want to bring like a whole social media team in. Like, we'll get a videographer in here all the time. Blah blah blah. I was like, yeah, we can make this a freshest fucking spot in Boston, because it, it's popping Tuesday, Thursday on Tuesdays, night, right? Yeah. Tuesdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays is over at Tits. And that's right across from Brighton Music Hall. Yeah, right there. So that that's a good segue. So that's um, Sam. From my knowledge, you've done a lot of work with Kai. I mean, here and there, I okay. know him through um, Charles Morris. Okay, if you know him. Yeah, where? I've just done like consulting stuff for them, but like they're just friends. So oh, word. Okay. Yeah. How do you navigate that in terms of a relationship, a business relationship with friends, as opposed to generally, I don't charge them. Yeah. For stuff. It's like, look, if we're going to hang out anyways, you're free to ask me your questions. Like, mm -hmm. if you have it, I have that knowledge, right? Same with, like, Kai. If I'm like, yo, like, I'm trying to learn more about the music space so that I can make more money, mm -hmm. right? Dope. He'll just give me that information. He's going to be like, yo, I charge you $100 an hour for consulting. And I also trust that, like, if I need to get into the music space, that I can call them yeah. and be like, yo, Let's see what I'm we can trying do. to do this, yeah. Right. And it's the same with them where they're like, yo, we need social help. We need X, Y, and Z. We need investor money. We need whatever. A little marketing, a little brand strategy. Whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to sit down. Like I I I posted a conversation that I had with Kai and that, Charles. That's that's the only reason I, I yeah. said that because I just yeah. saw the video. Yeah. So we just literally grabbed lunch in Seaport or dinner or whatever it was. And where? just chatted it up at Ham Tomo. Tomo down in Seaport. Please Jerry go oh, I always drop Jerry off. Yo, that know, Eagles it's, and Seaport's popping. Yeah, Seaport's huge, bro. But no, that's that spot in that hotel right there, Tama. If you can, it, dude, that's a hidden hidden trick, bro. If you can't find a spot, there's to no parking in Seaport. Dude. Oh yeah, you just got to go down the street, down at the very end of Seaport, oh, near the Expo down Center? by, um, not nah, by uh, Blue Hills Pavilion. Yeah, yeah. Down there, mm -hmm. right? If you go past there, there's like a bunch of parking, like the, right near the Harpoon Building. Mm -hmm. Right over there, there's a there's a huge parking structure right there. So, so that's another thing you don't even know. Like, you actually don't know how psycho I am. I really showed up to Sam's office without knowing him, <laughs> but I couldn't get in. Yeah, the place is a fortress. Yeah, like what the hell? How to do it, bro? I'm literally about to move to a spot. Oh, you don't like that office? It looks fresh. No, we're staying there. We're staying oh. at that office. But I'm talking like my apartment. Bro. Oh, like, I'm about to move to like one that has security and stuff more than it does now. <laughs> you never know who's gonna roll up. I know. At least I'm a good dude. I'm not an actual lunatic. Yeah, true. But. But yeah, but when I had seen videos of the space, I was like, yo, this is fire. Did you design that? No, I did not. Um, Dennis's fiance, Stephen Favreau, top five interior designer like in the world. Amazing, amazing guy. Jack, you got to see this space. It's, it's unbelievable. crazy. 
Jack, yeah. Jack is interested in interior design. So oh, sick. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, Look up. It's the Innovation Center. Favorless Factory. Oh, that's what he called it. Favorless Factory. Favreau, like yeah, like F-A-B. Stephen Favreau. Okay, got it. Yeah. So he's amazing. The hotels, the residential. He did the uh, the IMAX theater in Honolulu. Honolulu like it's amazing. A crazy guy. art. Yeah. Creating a space. Right, and he, I mean, he's on. Ask rail. John Scott. Look at this room. <laughs> right. He's got, Whoa. He's got that nano leaf on there. I like that. Oh, you're familiar with the company? Yeah. I'm just yeah. newly like getting hip to them. You yeah, gotta get an app cool. to activate the lights. But if you cool. look at the window closely, you see how slanted it is, dude. <laughs> right, right, right. Too funny. But yeah, no, that that whole space over there, Stephen did an amazing job. Yeah. We have eleven thousand square feet. He redid the entire thing. It just like seems like spacious. Yeah, and it's beautiful. The, the the way that he mixed open concept with also like the intimacy of having these vignettes around the space that people can have private conversations. It's I mean, you walk in there and, and I I like to think I don't take it for granted. But when I'm gone for three or four days and I walk in there on a Monday morning, I go, Wow. Like I'm blessed to be here and I'm blessed to know somebody like that who can create a space that literally brings your energy and brings your vibration up the moment you walk through the door. It's And it's in, he didn't plan on you guys renting out the space, right? Well, not renting it. He's partners with us. So, oh, so word, Dennis okay. and Steven are both partners in life, but also partners in that space. Oh, word. So okay. both of our businesses live there and work there together. And, okay, so did, did the space itself happen after you guys had the idea for the business? No, it was already in motion. Oh, word. That's yeah. fire. Yeah, it was already in motion as a space for Dennis and Steven as like the sanctuary for the city for creativity, ingenuity. Um, Alley-oop slam dunk. Right. And then it was just like, let's fill it with impactful businesses. Um, and, and like I said, it's like the universe, dude. Like stuff falls into place. Like, it's you crazy. Set the direction, it literally will happen. But it never happens that you expect it. No, and, and you can't have your own timeline to it. That's tough. It's hard. Especially for kids our age. Absolutely. Because all of us are like, we're putting in five, six years of work. And like, why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? Why is this not Which happening? Just patience is tough, dude. Yeah. Is that, that's one of your issues. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to go all the time. Exactly. Right. And it's not even, it's patience on like a bunch of levels, right? Like my, my thing is one, I have to be patient with myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I get, I, I mean, one of my dentists was talking to me about it and Steven the other day is like, one of my big things is I put myself under a microscope, bro. Like I sit here and I feel so much pressure to like, go, 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 be successful, yeah. do it. But like all that does is it drains my energy and, and pushes it away from being productive and pushing like the envelope forward. It's weird. Right. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's the big, that's the big thing with patience. And obviously it's patience with other people. Like my favorite thing is like, I don't like balls being in my court. So if, if someone needs something from me to do their job, I'm always like, all right, toss the ball in my court. I'll get it back. Let's go all day. But then, like, when it's in their court, I get upset. Not upset, but, like, anxious about it because I can't do anything. And I just literally have to be still. Mm-hmm. And that's – I've struggled with it for a long time. Yeah. So, as I had said, I had sold out the Middle East this summer. And I told the studios, like, well, that's nothing. <laughs> Big deal for me, man. Because I sold 500 Respect. tickets. Respect. It's a good move. And so, <clears throat> there was – it was, like, two – it was like a night before and I literally had felt on a marketing tip. I had done everything possible. Right. Like there was actually nothing else I could do. And I feel you, I like had never felt so helpless. Yeah. It's it's like, like, dude, it's out of my control now. Yeah, It's literally like, what am I supposed to do? Like I have no, but then the universe will toss you a bucket, right? It'll throw the oop. All you got to do is grab the ball. How much does positive, like positive thinking and positivity align with 
with a lot of the mindset you've been talking? Um, I mean, it's essential. Is it? You have to be positive. Yeah. Because like, if you're going to sit there, you're either going to drive yourself crazy or you can sit there and enjoy that moment, which is like not easy. It's a lot easier said than done. Especially if you're hardwired to go. Right. And that's how probably both of us are mm-hmm. set up. Like, I want to just rip all the time. Right. See, but Jack, like, Jack's good at that. Jack can like settle and enjoy yeah. it, but it's a dichotomy with me and him sometimes. You feel right. me? Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to hit the gas. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, all right. I can't be in control all the time, but like, why would I be upset about something that I'm not in control of? Like, why do I do that to myself? I get what you're saying. It's easier. It, what you're again, saying is easier said than easier done. Easier said though. than done. I still struggle with it. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and preach like, this is what you have to do. Like, I still, day to day, I get down. I'm like, oh, fuck, bro. Like, on myself, on the everything, like, I get, I get it upset and I have to be like, wait a sec. Look at what the universe has given me forever. Like, for the last seven years mm-hmm. like waves waves and it's all fine bro. like it'll it'll end up ends up right, right. so sure. like why sit there and put yourself through pain of worrying and stressing out if you know at the end of the day you're gonna be fine mm-hmm. it, it all ebbs and flows anyways so as i was saying this is gonna be wildly unprofessional but i have to use the restroom desperately yeah is that all right with you bro yeah chilling bix you want anything when i get up Let's keep it rolling, because then I'll just cut out the portion. Thanks, bro. That's hilarious. Bro, it's a double shot espresso. Makes you move, right? having an awesome time that's right um but yeah just uh go ahead and do that and uh i'll get your email and we'll link you up much love (coughs) you made it in my video dm that's fire that's right so we were just talking about so i might honestly cut that i might not that was kind of hilarious um what what i had seen am i on your wire But I had seen in a Joe Rogan comment. Joe Rogan, as you know, is like the standard for podcasts. Right, right, right. He was like, yo, Joe Rogan is the most committed dude of all time. He literally never gets up to use the bathroom. Yeah. I was, I was like, that's psychotic, bro. This dude runs like hundreds of podcasts. All the time. You right? listen to him? No. He's fire. I'm, so not a, I'm not a big content consumer. Yeah, that's strange to me. Like, I don't use Instagram like that. It's very weird. Yeah. What, why? You just not fucking it's with It's not it? worth my time. Right. It's where everyone's attention is, though. As you know, well, is this well, your job? 
Yeah, that's why I use it as a tool. Yeah. But I can't sit there and fall victim to what's making everything else work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I get it. You want to be full on the gas, but you're also human. Yeah. But I get my I get my my fun other places. Elaborate. Uh, working. Like I I love that, dude. I I I'll use social media to like answer DMs and have real conversations. But I'm not sitting there scrolling through the pictures of sorority girls and like basketball highlights, mm-hmm. right? Like that doesn't do anything for me. So I'm like, I don't consume content in that way. I get it. But so from my understanding, viral is you you try to grow social medias for other people though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So don't you have to kind of understand what's common for content right oh, now? I, trending? I completely understand it. Then you have to consume it to understand it, right? No. You have to have a team that can consume it. So okay. You can understand it. And the thing so you got a it, bunch of people helping you out. Yeah, there. and a lot of it is also, bro, like a lot of people don't understand influence dynamics, right? And that's what we use. I don't care about what the content popularity is. I want to help people build real relationships mm-hmm. using social media as the tool, as the platform to be able to build a network at scale. Okay. That's how you create real opportunity, right? There's a bunch of people. You could post a pretty picture. Cool. Go viral, whatever. Awesome. I just had a client Mad do hot. it. Right? Like I literally had a client do it. Like a, they own booty pick uh, no not a booty pick a travel video um but they just went crazy viral up seventeen thousand followers in 48 hours Mm -hmm. like awesome but like what does that actually mean and that's the part that we focus on anybody dude i could get you ten thousand followers overnight like that's not that's not the issue that's never the issue but it's building real relationships with those people and creating tangible offline opportunities that's the key and people miss it bro nobody wants to focus on that but you ha- that's what you have to focus on if you're trying to be successful. Exactly. And I think it's just like, yo, what if the internet goes down? Right. How many people have you made friends with? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, right. That's what it needs to be. It's like how many people will remember you when Instagram dies? But there's a space, there's a, a weird space where it's like Instagram growth, there's inauthentic ways to do it. So how do you navigate that as a business? Um. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what people consider inauthentic. Everyone has their own definition of it, right? <clears throat> so, like, doing shout out for shout out campaigns, right? Some people see that's inauthentic. I doing follow and unfollow, some people think that's inauthentic. Do you think it's inauthentic? I think it's very authentic, right? I grew up, dude. I literally, when I started on Instagram, I had 856 followers. Mm-hmm. And I sat there for six hours a day, sometimes eight literally following liking commenting doing all of this stuff manually for an entire summer mm-hmm. to get to thirteen thousand followers right in four and a half months i literally sat there all like forever doing that and all it was doing was building real relationships if you're doing it blindly and not putting in the effort to like actually have relationships with these people when they follow you you should send them a dm a video dm right like put out good stories put out good content so that they're not just following you for the sake of it that you're starting to build that tangible relationship. Mm-hmm. What we did is we just built a team that can handle all of that six to eight hours a day for people. So we can get eyes on their content and then help them optimize who they are, what their brand is, what their content play is, all of those elements so that they can build those relationships better. I get it. But so when you're on your phone six to eight hours a day, are you you're actively following people then unfollowing them? Yep. And it's just that's the name of the game? Yeah. It's how do you get as many interactions out as possible? So right? you, you unfollow them if they don't follow you back or you just unfollow them? I unfollow them no matter what. The value, if they find but the isn't value... The, isn't that like... No, because if they find the value, like it's like 
if people find the value in the number, then it's inauthentic. But it's not about the number. It's using that follow as a tool to have a conversation. And if they get mad at me for unfollowing, then I don't want a relationship with them because they value their follower number more than the relationship. Dude, I, un- I don't follow you, but I answer all your DMs. Why does that follow matter so much? Because it's a social construct. It's a dynamic. Social construct. Isn't that, but what I'm saying, isn't that what you're building? You're no. building larger. You're building f- relationships. I get it. But like, how does a, a client equate your success for them? Is it- the number of followers that they achieve. Exactly. And the number of relationships that they build. That's the key. It's like I dude, like I said, I could get you ten thousand followers overnight, but if it doesn't do anything for you, then what's the point? Yeah. Like for us it's tangible opportunities, whether that's brand work, whether that's like affiliate deals and income, mm-hmm. right? Whatever they're trying to achieve. And we take every we literally ask everybody, what's your goal? Like what do you want? So that we can do that in the best way. It's using the platform, it's using the follower numbers, it's using the relationships that we can build to effectively create those opportunities for people. Okay. Is the key. Follow and follow is just one of the tactics that we use with our, like along with the skill set that so, we use. So would you be pissed off if someone followed you? No. Dude, I lost seventeen thousand followers when I stopped posting for three months. I think I literally don't care. But you already kinda got a big following regardless. Yeah, but like I lost at that point that was twenty percent of my following. And I lost all of them. And you could see cool. you could see what kind of pisses people off though, right? Uh, yeah, if they find value in that number, then yeah. But, but a I'm, lot of people do. That's totally cool. And that's fine. And that's where part of my mission is like helping people use Instagram healthily. Mm-hmm. Healthily? Healthfully? That's right. Healthily. Healthfully. Yeah, right? Because Fresh, people, clean. people try to use that number. How many like, like it's a, it's the whole social media, like disease. Space. Yeah. It's a disease that comes with it. It's like people get addicted to that dopamine hit of like, oh shit, I got 400 likes. That's dope. And then you mean one one person not doing that is going to like ruin your day? Like we need to be able to use these tools in in like a healthy way while creating opportunities, and that's what all of viral is about. Is like we want to help people build healthy relationships and use social media to create opportunity, not rely on social media as a sense of self worth. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard conversation to have with people because it's very easy for them to be like, "No, nah, bro, I don't get, I don't get sad when people unfollow me." It's like, then why do you have the app that tells you? right why do you check that app every day like it obviously matters to you so just back to the unfollow and follow thing and what you're saying yeah it doesn't it seem like you're it's like a booster for for it's like a one-ended agreement it's like hey i'm gonna follow you then unfollow you you're still gonna follow me so then my ratio is gonna increase as as by the the industry standard yeah but not how viral does it okay right we're so focused on that relationship we want we want you to well, wouldn't follow. you be fucking a relationship though like if why if you say, hey, man, I love what you're doing. Great. I'm going to follow you. And then I unfollow you. I mean, they can follow me and then we can continue that conversation. That's the difference, right? It's like, for me, people have called me out on unfollowing them all the time. And I go, yeah, but I will answer every single one of your DMs and help you get to where you need to be. And if that's not enough for you, if you really need the follow to cement this relationship, then you're not someone that I want to work with anyways. Like, I'm so straight up about it. Mm-hmm. right and it's hard because so many people have this common conception of what follow on follow means right and they're like oh that's that's like a hacky way to grow and no it's a it's a hacky way to get eyes on content but after that it's on the person to build relationships we are really really good we use hyper targeting to find exactly who you need to get your eyes on how, how do you distinguish that 
the hyper targeting stuff yeah. circles of influence it's all the influence dynamic stuff the stuff that i've created over the last seven years understanding like what actually goes into building this it's like network effects mm-hmm. right it's like what's the, the six degrees of separation and stuff like that like understanding this person follows this person i have that connection in common like there's different ways to make that happen so that circles come aligned and you can find a very very specific group of people that will actually enjoy your content you know what's interesting i don't know if you felt this how long have you been in boston now four years five years yeah boston there's about a two degree degrees of separation oh, yeah. you, know, you know everybody everybody knows everybody yeah at least i'm finding there's new pockets of people that i'm right. starting to understand i mean i'm sure there's there's people that i'll show you that you haven't seen you'll show me that i haven't seen before but the city is very clicky right you think it's beneficial for business um if you can for our age for our demographic yeah least. if you can infiltrate one of the the niches for sure um but, but, overall, but the entry is a little tougher don't you think yeah entry is tougher uh, guaranteed that's always going to be an issue specifically in boston because of the culture that's here um they're not always the most welcoming to something that's new something that's, that's fire fresh. let's fucking go right that's like not always what it is mm-hmm. but um but once, once you're, in, you're in you're in and that's like for us like i'm i'm just betting heavy like i know that once i'm in i'm in mm-hmm. even though i'm new yeah right versus la it's like bro we'll work with anybody that can add value let's just rip let's see how it goes you think it's more communal out there um de- define communal because you can make an argument that clicky is more communal for sure like well boston is extremely communal yeah that's why i think i think we had talked about this a little bit i think music's going to be huge here because it's such a communal city i think entertainment's just the last leg yeah it is it, it is. is yeah and that's like what we've noticed like with our stuff is that um, I came out here as a creative, right? Photographer, videographer, whatever. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And like, I'm obviously I just came to school for Boston or to Boston for school, but I was looking for more creative people, more music people. And there was just like non-existent mad divided. Yeah. Hard to, hard, and again, clicky, hard to find your way in, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it took me three years to get into the studio with somebody. Right. Welcome back. Thanks brother. But yeah, so it's like that. It's like one, but like, again, it's once you're in, there's a community there, but, there's like a glass ceiling for creativity in this city. How, how do you destroy it? Keeping people here. Yeah, I'm totally on the same page as you. Everybody, everybody that's a creative that starts to see success leaves because there's no infrastructure. There's no money. Right. You could be moderately successful in music in Boston. You could also move to LA or New York and become quite a bit more successful. Financially. Right. Right. Obviously. Yeah. But... It comes at a cost to the city. For sure. How, how do you incentivize? That's just what I've been saying every episode that we'll have someone, an artist up here. I'm like, yo, there's no, I in one night made the most possible money at the independent level you can make in music by throwing a sold out show there. Right. That's not sustainable. Right. How does the market grow? Um, unity. Boston has a lot of assets. There's a Every, there's, there's everything. Every single person that you need to know to be able to make the music scene happen here can be here or is here already. And it's, we need to create a way to bring them all to together. You know, there's, like you said, it's really clicky. So like someone might get a foothold in one area and then they need, like, let's say they get a foothold in recording and streaming and stuff, but they need shows. Like how do you bring like Live Nation New England into that meeting? Mm-hmm. And be like, look, we need to bring all these resources together. We have huge brands like Converse and Reebok should be back. Yeah, in this these is one thing we were talking about at right? Starbucks. Yeah, like 
all of these different assets are here, but how do you combine them all to actually get them to where they need to be? I think Converse did something with Vintage Lee. I don't know if you know her. Um, 47 brand does a lot, the hat brand. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, that was another thing we talked about. Like you, you feel like if you want to assert yourself in a position in, in the growth of Boston music and like where it's headed, because I think we both know it's going somewhere. Right. You would, you want to be in like the, the high end business meetings. Yeah. I want to be in the meetings with like the CMO of Converse, mm -hmm. right? Being like, yo, let's revamp the rubber track studio that you guys have just sitting there mm -hmm. and bring what, what in. What is that? Rubber tracks. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. literally built over at their, their headquarters a full studio. Like, what type of studio? Music, like recording like music studio. I didn't even know that right and then they change CEOs and one guy didn't care so much about the music initiative so they don't do it it literally sits there vacant beautiful studio right but like that's a key piece like they should be pulling people in they'd be able to I mean the value for Converse would be silly like yeah absolutely they the have enough money to do it exactly so it's like there's there's the resources here but it just sits there can I know? be honest with you though I, I feel like so I'm mean, you're familiar with Cousins I'm sure I feel like there's there's appeal, total appeal in this city, and I kind of think it's why people are really starting to gravitate towards this, um, just on being at the independent level. Absolutely. So how do you navigate that line without being big money, but right. also? You well, know I'm what not saying? trying to bring in stud. I'm not trying to bring in like record labels, mm -hmm. right? I'm but I think the city to, might need it. I mean, to get it on the map, maybe, right? And maybe we need a couple stars that that come out of Boston and like, like, I mean, go big, like post Malone level big and like have deep roots here. The issue is can't that, bet on that though. Right. Right. But that's like, it's, it's brutal. Cause it's like, all right, how do we manufacture that? Um, and I know people that are in, in the process of doing that. Um, so when that happens, it'll be awesome. Um, but in the meantime, I think we can empower those independents by giving them the resources. Maybe not that a major label can give them, but, that help them along their career enough to give them the infrastructure and ecosystem here in Boston to stay. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge piece. Like even it's if they have access to stuff, dude, like if they can have access to the Converse studio, not that they need to be signed to whatever it would be, Converse records, whatever, like they don't need Converse to. Converse could do that easily though. Easy. Yeah. And that's what it needs to be, but it's just, it just sits there. Right. That's what, uh, this, I'll have to show you. So there's this guy named Sean Milliken here on four Boston in the North end. He was saying the same thing. He was like, I've been trying. He runs a streetwear brand. Like, a lot of the Celtics players wear it. A lot of the Patriots players wear it. And he was like, listen, like, I want to do more with these huge sneaker companies. There's, what, Nike's has a big office, New Balance, yep. Reebok, Converse. Right, all of them are right there. There's a Puma. I think there's a Puma office, too. I'm not sure, but probably. Wouldn't surprise me. Isn't it surprising that they have taken no action yet? At least in that space. And, like, Converse is the perfect one, right? Like, Converse started out as a basketball shoe. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how they were. And now they shifted into streetwear and into music. And into, like, what's considered, like, culture. Trendy. Right? Yeah, like, that's their space. Like, what they should be doing is betting heavy on creating content around independent musicians, mm -hmm. right? Like, create that culture for them and have it all be branded on a Converse and push that content out to another level, right? They already have the, the physical space for it. And they have the brand loyalty and right. brand recognition to do and it. And the money. Yeah. Like, that's not the hardest thing for them to push out a campaign about. It's not tough for them to say, hey, I mean? here's two big independent artists we like in Boston. Here's 50 racks. Let's go make something. Right. And then have all of it branded out the entire process 
whether it's vlog style, whether it's whatever, with their branding on it and just let it rip. Like it's a huge play for them. So how how would you facilitate the Institute of Ethics into that? Into that, I mean, or, it, or would it, that be a separate venture? Separate. I mean, it would all play into it, right? So, like, the institute just owns a bunch of businesses, mm-hmm. right? So it would be one of those businesses that we could slide into. So it's like the, a holding company, is yeah. the institute. Yeah. Okay. And then all the money goes up into it that we use for the nonprofit side. Okay. Yeah. Here's a. This question is going to deviate a little bit, but how much did you hate school's guts? School. Yeah. Um. Because I can tell you just, you probably weren't present in class, man. Yeah. Your mind was elsewhere. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't there, which is why I didn't hate it that much. Oh, you just I, never showed up. I mean, I, I would go, right? And I would sit there. Um, <laughs> oh, whack. Yeah. So Jack does, is part-time at Champlain College. Yeah. He hates his guts, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough because when you're in the entrepreneurship space, everyone wants you, especially when you leave school, everyone wants you to go on like this anti-college rant, right? Like, oh, fuck school. You don't need it, whatever. And I think to some degree that's totally fair, yeah, you know, right. but it totally depends. Like I, I didn't like BU for the sake of the education. And when I looked at it, like, and I judged it or assessed it by educational value, I hated it. Mm-hmm. But what it did for me with my character, yeah, yeah, my network, sure. like all, like it pushed me outside my comfort zone. Like who would push me to be as a person, right? Moving to Boston, right? I appreciate every single moment that I spent in the classroom. Absolutely. Right? No, the classroom, no. No, we'd, we were good up until the classroom point. <laughs> Got you. But I appreciate what Boston University did for me, and I appreciate what school does for people. It just is – I would never go in, in like, a, a generalistic, like, fuck school. Never. But what I would say is everybody needs to be much more aware of what the value they're looking for out of that education is and, like, what they're paying to get that. Absolutely. It needs to be just reconsidered across the board instead of just like college right now is seen as what the path needs to be. And it's just not right. Terrible, awful, whack. <laughs> well, well, I also, I concur. So I went to Providence College. Right. S- like socially and like in terms of like character and like learning work ethic, totally learned that. Absolutely. Sometimes I question, is that just a, a matter of maturing and getting older would that happen in any space right i also loved the fucking kids and they gave me an audience which was huge right but like dude what it comes down to in this game we call capitalism is like yo are you gonna be the best at your job are you gonna do it the best you know what i'm saying right they gotta teach kids that they have to teach kids how to sell too right how important has that been oh being able to sell yeah it's it's so interesting because I never would consider myself a salesperson. But you are. But anyone that talks to me is like, you're like one of the best salespeople. And yeah. I was like, sure. But yeah, no. I mean, the thing with college is that it was built, right? The, this whole higher education bubble was built really in like the 60s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where what they needed was kids to come out of college and fit perfectly into businesses, right? Yeah, it was, it's conforming. Yeah. You're, it's teaching you do this, show up at this time, do this thing. Here you go. Here's your paycheck. Leave, Right. Which is where the, the capitalists, the true capitalists, need those people. Yeah. Right? For sure. And that's for me. It's like I, I would, I mean, in my freshman year, I'd try to get all my friends to like get in the entrepreneurship grant like, and do that thing. But if they didn't want it. It's not, it's not also genetic in everybody. Right. And that's cool. And I, what I realize is thank God people want to go to college. Thank God people want to get a job because I want to hire them. Yeah. And I need them to be able to show up on time, do the work that I assigned them. Do some pay, of the whack work. And leave. Like, it's just part of, like, 
people that do that are so essential to the economy and so essential to it that I can't hate on it. Absolutely you know not. I mean? I, and I'm totally with you. I think everybody who also enjoyed their education and what they learned, great. Absolutely. But sometimes you got to realize you are paying a ridiculous amount of money that if you have a sense that like, yo, this 220 racks that's going to my schooling, I could probably put into a business I want to start up. Yeah, but that, probably consider that. But that kid that's trying to be an accountant at PwC. Oh, he gave it the PwC to no, all, all my friends like, are working there. Yeah, but that's what it is. Like, then it is worth it if that's their end goal. Then they get a positive ROI on that 220. For sure. But for people like us that don't want to go into, but don't forget that, that fifth year. They do a fifth year most yeah, of them. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like whatever it is, the 228, whatever it is, they get a positive ROI over time. To do their thing, it's an investment for them, right? So and there was paying the- more gives them a better education, which gets them to promotions faster. Like it literally, it works. It's a model that works, just yeah. not for people like us because we're like two twenty is a new company that we could start and blow to a million, right? For sure. And then there's also a certain point where it's like, yo, just make sure you're happy, man. Absolutely. Just and some people are mad happy working a nine to five, being able to like come home and not think about it, versus like you and I are happy thinking about work 24 7 exactly. from the moment we wake up until we go to sleep i wonder if it's a ginger thing i don't know you're thinking about that no it, it, you don't think i no. mean i met a lot of psycho gingers man you better watch your mouth bro yeah <laughs> that hurt bro <laughs> um when you had dropped out of school were What's you the first time Oh yeah, do you want you want to elaborate? Go oh yeah, well I dropped out. Path. Yeah, well, I, I went to BU. Word. I was there for a year. I dropped out and moved to Newark, New Jersey, to work with Gerard Adams. Um, Who's that? He's the co-founder of Elite Daily. Oh um, word! He sold it for forty-eight million dollars at the end of twenty fifteen. You see um, a lot of like Facebook, like yeah, articles. all the Facebook articles of, yeah. for millennials specifically are. Yeah, show was huge. Yeah, it was it was huge. So they sold it, and uh, he started a social impact tech accelerator in newark so i joined him there and then doing after, kind of the same thing you're doing now yeah building businesses helping build the companies that they had through there building my own stuff um but yeah and then i didn't really vibe with it anymore mm-hmm. and decided to go back to school um to boston to boston and then yeah and then i tried to do school again for another year and it just didn't. You're, you weren't there, man. It, I wasn't. I was there for the first semester that I was back, and then I was like, "Wait a second. What'd you do? Two semesters? Yeah, two semesters back. I did two semesters when I started, two semesters when I got back. Was it you twenty-two? Yeah, just turned twenty-two. So, you, do you know Johnny Glenn? I do know Johnny. Uh, Glenn. He was just up here. Yeah, he, he makes amazing music. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Radioactive white lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you remember he was playing that shit? Bro, a song hits though. I was telling him he was recording in this booth. I was like, "Yo, bro, that shit sounded terrible right. from outside without hearing the track." To it. then I heard the track to it. I was like, "Yo, this dude's nice." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a cool guy. I was on. I was in his music video. I forget what song. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was on the boat. You also realize college offers a good audience to try. Well, yeah, and shit. that's what it is. Is that if you can leverage, you have such a captive audience of eighteen to twenty-two year olds. If you're in a position to to make it to take advantage of that, do it. Yeah, like, we did. It was yeah, sick. Absolutely, absolutely. It's an easy way to blow it up. Especially if you're a good dude. Right. It's like, just be a good dude, man. That's literally the key, bro. Kindness pays. So, uh, we're, I'm going to be, I'm going to get kicked out of here in the next 20, so I want to make sure I hit on like one or two things. Yep. Um, I think something of value, hashtag value, hashtag value, for the business boys here. Yep. 
um, that we can give is how do artists in Boston better market themselves via social channels? What have you seen and how can it improve? Yeah, so um, what I've seen is a lot of trying to create insane content, just put it out there and look like you're the shit, which I don't think is the right move. I think there's a place for that for sure, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not what the primary should be. Um, the big thing that I'm urging artists to do, especially as they're coming up, is to get their audience involved in the process. Put put the different like beats up on your Instagram story and ask which one people like more. Right? Send out DMs every time you get a new. I told Johnny to do it every time you get a new follower. Send them a DM and be like, "Yo, I'm working on this song right now. I'd love to get your feedback on it." Artists have a sense of insecurity. A lot of them. That's fine, but they're gonna have to get over it if they want to actually do something. That's a fact. Right. And that's like, bro, I could tell you, I could preach social media marketing tactics all day, mm-hmm. but if they're not going to do it, then what's the point, right? Yeah, for sure. Right? Like, it even happened with Kai. Like, I told Kai exactly what he needed to do to get, like, 100,000 streams, and then he didn't do it. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. No sweat. Like, you just have to, you have to make that decision to do it. There's a, yeah. But Boston right now, the the market, well, like most music, the market is extremely oversaturated. So how does someone be into individual in the market by being vulnerable yeah it's a fact bro everyone sits here and tries to front that they're the shit everyone tries to show that they're worth it right Mm -hmm. everyone tries to put out this face that shows that they've made it think about like they want to manifest something think about like this bro like i've been in in the study of influence dynamics right there's there's people that are influencers and there's people that are influential right think about like the rock or like oprah Right, like The Rock is very, very open about the fact that he had seven dollars to his name, right? And see what that did to him and his career. He's truly an influential person, right? And I would argue that the influencers online are like showing their best life, traveling the world with the nice cars, the hot girls, whatever. No creativity, in it but right they're now. not actually influencers. Like they don't create any real. In- they might get people to buy your your bracelet for seven dollars online. That's great, but like the Oprahs, The Rock. Like these big names are so focused on being vulnerable that they share their whole story and people need to start that early, bro. Cause like everything in social media comes down to two things. It's well, one, it's creating trust. And the basis of that is credibility and relatability. I talk about it in that video with Kai. I told that to him straight to his face. I said, look, you have good music. You did a song with Wiz. That's credible. A hundred percent. But now you got to open great up. Song be, too. It's a great song, right? But you have Girl, to be, you make it look easy. Right, exactly. But you got to open it. up the relatability side. Like, be vulnerable, right? Talk about it in your Instagram story. Be like, yo, I'm really, really struggling with this beat right now. Like, I don't know what I want to do with this song. Like, like, swipe up to send me a DM to, like, tell me about your love story. Like, for real, like, bring, if you can bring people into it, that, that alone will set you apart. Because people are going to care a lot more. It's a great song. But could you imagine if a thousand people felt that they were involved in creating it? Like you're building crazy, massive, loyal audiences. That's why podcasts are so big. Because of transparency. Right. Right. You know. Right. It's unedited. There's a... I know what you're saying. Like, you know, just be honest. 100%. Transparent. There's a certain sense of consumers when it comes to music that want their artists to seem like they're larger than life though you right. know who who wants us, them to see that i mean i think people look at like little wing saying like yo right that's the goat that's the god right. you, that you kind of some consumers want the artists they love to be on a higher pedestal Do you know what i'm saying okay 
how do you maneuver that? Well, you're not gonna you're gonna have to get to be on a yeah. higher pedestal to, exactly. be able to do that, right? The reason why he can do that Cause is because of who he is. Like, look at what his career what has he's created, been, right? But like, some dude that gets ten thousand streams on every song he puts out isn't there yet, mm-hmm. right? And that's a lot in Boston right now, you know. Facts, yeah. Ten but, racks is a lot, right? But that's what it is. It's like that's the kind of stuff that like those people need to if they're trying to get ahead of the game. It's building a hyper loyal audience. It's like think about like what happened with like what is it Twenty One Pilots. They had such a small, like, cult, cult, cult following because they were so real about everything. They were so straight up, right? And they put out good music. It right? can get exhausting, though, I'm sure. Sure, sure, but Just, that's the game. That's game. So is everything. You gotta do and it. anything worth doing is exhausting. For sure. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's literally what that, that comes down to is, like, you can create a cult of people, right? It's like that the idea of a thousand true fans, mm-hmm. right? You have a thousand true fans that will pay you $100 a year. It's 100 G's every year. And that's good money. Right? I also think a lot of these artists have to understand, like, rap right now is like, it's like a TV show, you know? Right. The characters are winning. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I, th- I feel like a lot of artists in Boston, you got to start, one, just they have to stop being so divisive and they have to start working together. I know it sounds like totally hoorah. Right. But if if it moves in a wave, someone with bigger money is gonna say, "Here, exactly. take it," and then everybody wins. Exactly. That's what I've been trying to say. It's that it's that whole philosophy of like, yo, having twenty percent of a hundred dollars is better than having, I mean, a hundred percent of ten dollars, right? Like exactly. Like if we can create a shift in the entire bot, like that's what I'm everyone, saying. The wave. Everybody, yeah, exactly. Everyone's over here sitting there like, I want to put Boston on the map. Like I want to do it. Right. Even I like caught myself doing that. Like I want to be the entrepreneur that puts Boston on the map when it comes to I think to you said stuff. that to me in Starbucks. Yeah, like, I want to be that guy. For sure. Right? But, like, what it is is, like, I just, just want to spark the wave. I want to I spark mm-hmm. the momentum in that shift so that people start to think about Boston in that way. Right? Like, that's what we need to do. But it's not going to be me. Right? Like, it wasn't just Martin Luther King that took that entire move. It wasn't just him. He needs to be a leader, though. That's right. Oh, absolutely. There needs to be a leader. There needs to be someone that's willing to take that risk mm-hmm. like he did. Right. And like, I'm not comparing myself to him at all, but I'm willing to take that step forward and be like, all right, let's try to create social impact startups. Right. Let's find a way to help the world. Right. Let's let's not fight cat- capitalism. Let's embrace it in it's a positive fire. way. Fire. But I'm not going to be able to do it on my, my own. And yeah. neither is Dennis and Steven or Chris and anybody that works with us. Like we're trying to build this team mm-hmm. that can bring in all of the brightest minds, all of the best hearts. Like we want humble, humble people. Right. With mm-hmm. good hearts that are like brilliant that can come together to create this. Right. And it's a movement. It's the Good same. Luck. It's thank you. It's the same <laughs> thing that has happened in music. though. Yeah. Same thing. I get it. I, th- I think maybe me and you will have a conversation in three years. Like, damn bro. Right. Look what we predicted. That's fire. That's right. And we'll look back and we'll, we'll play this. We'll say, we were right. We were right. Fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I feel like one thing of value I can provide you is yep. I, I got the ear. You feel cool. me? Cool. Because I'm in the hood, man. I walk right. around. So I can tell you kind of what's going on. Um, you did say something to me in Starbucks, which I don't know if you want to talk about it. It was involving framing him. Is that, are you allowed to speak about that? Or? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that will be news, stuff news for Sam it. later. Right. Glad I addressed it like that. Additionally, I want to, I want to make sure you get your plug off. Like, yo, this is my IG, Twitter, oh my IG, SoundCloud, 
Institute of Ethics viral was Bloom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jack, how'd I do podcast-wise? Good? I'm getting better, yeah, man. Yeah. How'd I, I mean, do? Did I do okay? Yeah, I'm with it, bro. Nice. I'm with it. But yeah, no, everyone can just hit me up on, on Instagram, at Samuel.Thompson. That's your only platform? Bro, that's all I care about. I, I put out good content there. I share real value, and I have all my audience consolidated in one place. You know? That's it. So no Twitter or nothing? I mean, I have it to, like, keep up with the news, but, like, I'm not posting anything on there. Okay, so you just want me to follow you on IG? Just IG. IG. At Samuel.Thompson? At Samuel.Thompson. They can hit me, hit me with a DM, and uh, I'll guarantee a response. Fear the beard. Fear the beard. That's right. And do you want anybody listening to possibly look up viral or any of that stuff? Um, Honestly, just send me a DM. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me the DM. I mean, they can look at viralcollective.com and, like, go through it Word. but hit me in the dms i'd rather add value like person to person than just like blanket statement that stuff mm-hmm. yeah can we also agree on one thing there's no more effective marketing than face-to-face oh absolutely that's why we do it it's networking right but For what sure. we do is networking at scale in a really really effective mm-hmm. way so you can get a thousand conversations done instead of two mm-hmm. sam's a, sam's a businessman he's a marketer okay so listen this is how we start and end the show okay. say hi my name is and this is my golden hour. Also, that wristband and these stickers are all for you. Oh, we also got another gift for you. Bix, you're hiding it? Nice. That's my fucking, that's my fucking dog. Hi. My Directly after no break. Hi. My name is, and that was my golden hour. Because in the editing, the post-production process, this is will be at the front. That is will be at the end. Got it, got it, got it. So whenever you're ready. So I just say, hi, my name is Samuel Thompson, and this is my golden hour. I told you I can only tell you once, bro. What, what? I said I'm only gonna tell you once how All to right, do it. That's fine. That's fine. Hi, my, <laughs> put I, your big sauce on it. You're gonna let me? No, I'm not gonna put my big sauce. Okay. On All it, right. Bro. Just do your thing. <laughs> you know me, bro. I'm mad low key. I You're a good say, guy. Bro. That's right. Hi, my name is Samuel Thompson, and this is my golden hour. Hi, my name is Samuel Thompson, and that was my golden hour. And he's effective because he's a business guy. Yeah.